When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So dramatic. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Spooky greetings. Yeah, spooky greetings to you. <laughs> this has been uh, this has been a lot of fun this year with the Halloween special. So many submissions, so many great stories. It's been a blast to edit and get these together with sound effects and all that business. I've had a lot of fun. Kat has done... Well, I was going to say the majority of the editing. She's done all of the editing and production on this year's uh, two Halloween special volumes. And um, I appreciate the fact that she has taken on such a huge load of work. And I want you to know that she's responsible if it sounds bad. <laughs> That's fair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds great. You've done an amazing job. What with the sound effects and the music and everything, it's it's great. Well, thank you. And thanks to everyone who sent your incredible stories. We've had so much fun at listening to these, and I'm so excited to share them. Did want to mention we had a couple that we couldn't use because of audio quality, and I'm so, so sorry. And then we had a couple of people who just refused to send us their voices. So um, <laughs> we're going to have to do something special with with those written stories as well. We're giving that some some thought. And again, if you're just listening for the first time to the Box of Oddities, this is not a typical episode. Normally, uh, we will tell each other bizarre or strange stories, but Every Halloween, we turn the microphones over to you, the Freak family, and uh, this is what we got for you on Volume 2. Who do we start with? Heads up, some of these stories are spooky, scary, and some contain some uncomfortable subject matter. 
First and foremost, we turn the microphone over to Leah. Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm sitting in my concrete truck right now because it's snowing outside. I'm not ready for this cold white shit. So I figured I would share my spooky story with you. Um, A little backstory. Um, I was in the Army for 10 years. I was in Germany for three of those years. And when I left Germany, I signed up with a reserve unit out of Georgia. And my first drill, they told me that we were leaving for Iraq. But the unit we were going with was about an hour and a half away. So I stayed with a friend of mine who lived a little closer to the unit. And we went to a bonfire one night. And... After going back to his place, it was like a bachelor pad. Uh, It was like a bachelor pad from hell. It was a really run-down shack, kind of. Really tiny. Uh, Couch was really tiny. Floor was really uncomfortable. So I ended up sleeping next to him in the bed. And in the middle of the night, I woke up to the feeling of something crawling up my legs and I opened my eyes and looked down and there was a woman crawling up my legs with her hair hanging down and she was looking at me and I like jumped up over him landed on my butt on the floor and I like screamed but not really because I don't know how to scream And he turned the light on real quick. And when we looked, there was nothing in the room. So I didn't really want to tell him what happened. So I'm like, yeah, bad dream. So we went back to sleep and I made him leave the lamp on. And the next morning when we woke up, he asked me what happened. And I said, well, it's going to sound stupid and you're probably not going to believe me. I said, but a woman was crawling up my body. And he immediately leaves the room. He comes back with a picture. And he shows me this picture of a woman and says, well, was it her? And I'm like, yeah, who the hell is that? And he's like, well, my ex-girlfriend. I cheated on her, so she killed herself. I'm like, are you serious? So this, (laughs) this ex of yours is haunting any person that spends the night in your house? Yeah, we weren't very good friends after that. That's my spooky story. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Hope you enjoy this spooky season. First of all, you don't know how to scream and there's a little person climbing up your leg. (laughs) Uh, Was it a little tiny miniature person? No, it was a full-on lady person. Crawling up her legs. (gasps) Oh, my God. I hate it. I hate all of that. Our next story comes from Kimberly. Hey, Jethro and Kat. Loving the box of oddities. I've been listening for a couple of years now, and you guys always have fantastic stories. So I want to share one of my own stories. Um, I was a student at Point Park University. It used to just be Point Park College back when I was there. From 2001 to 2002, 
and I lived in a building called Lawrence Hall, which is right downtown Pittsburgh um, on the corner of Wood Street and um, I forget the cross street, but it's right in the, the heart of the downtown city area. And apparently before that building had been a dorm room, dorm rooms, it was an old hotel and um, a lot of weird stuff apparently happened at the hotel. Like there's been there had been some fires and some accidental deaths there. So, yes, it was definitely haunted. Um, I lived in room 1313, the 13th room on the 13th floor, and we had a lot of weird paranormal activity. We had uh, a lot of weird shuffling noises. We called uh, the ghosts that made the noises Mr. Shuffles because you would hear footsteps on the carpeted floor, and it sounded like someone dragging their feet like on a carpeted floor. And um, other, a lot of other students have also experienced similar things. You can look up on the internet. If you just Google Point Park University, um, you'll find tons of ghost stories. Mr. Shuffles, or the Shuffler, as some people call him, was definitely in our room at that time a lot. So we'd hear shuffling footsteps. We'd hear sometimes the TV would turn on in the middle of the night randomly, and you'd get up to turn it back off, and it would just turn itself off. Or your alarm would go off, and it wouldn't even be set. It would just start ringing in the middle of the night, like 2 or 3 in the morning. And I would get out of bed to turn it off, and I would walk over to the alarm, and it would stop ringing. And then as soon as I laid back down in bed, it would start ringing again. So um, a lot of really annoying stuff. It wasn't ever, like, dangerous stuff, just, like, really annoying stuff and kind of scary. Like, one time I was sitting on the couch in our room, and I heard shuffling over to the couch, and I swear to you that the couch cushion sunk down next to me, and the springs... It was an old couch that had, like, springs in it. The springs, like, creaked. You could see, like, some something had sat down next to me. Um... And I started telling some of my friends on campus about some of this stuff and, and people that were skeptical, I would say, come on over and hang out with me for a few hours and you'll see what I'm talking about. And um, a lot of skeptical people had their own experiences in that room. So um, it definitely was haunted. My mom came to visit one time and um, I don't think I had even told her about the paranormal activity, but she's very sensitive to that sort of stuff. And um, she stepped into the room and she pointed to a corner of the room where we most often heard a lot of like weird shuffling and weird noises going on. And she's like, there's something evil over there in that corner. And she tried to, um, she did some prayers and stuff. She's a pretty devout Christian and tried to get whatever it was to leave the room. And we actually had a lot more um, intense paranormal activity after she did whatever she did to try to get the thing to leave and it didn't leave it just increased its uh its presence apparently people would try to explain like the shuffling and stuff as like old pipes in the building because it was a really old building and there definitely was a lot of like noise you could hear noise of like flushing toilets and like water moving through pipes and stuff but this was definitely distinct from that like I've lived in a lot of old buildings in my life and I know what old pipes sound like and this was a separate noise this was like footsteps on a floor not pipes you know what I mean like something shuffling like dragging its feet on a floor and then that coupled with like the tv turning on and off randomly and the lights sometimes would turn on and off randomly or the alarm clocks like all of that and then the something sitting on the cushions next to me like I didn't believe in 
been haunting until I moved into that room, and now I, uh, I definitely believe in ghosts. So yeah, that's my story. It was really creepy. Sometimes I didn't stay in my dorm room because I would be too freaked out to even stay there. Um, thankfully I had friends that, that would let me sleep in other places, but, uh, yeah, that's my story. There was definitely something there and I can't explain what it was, but thanks. I hope you can use this on the Halloween episode. Have a spooky season. Bye. How are you supposed to get any work done? And just a side note, pipes don't shuffle. <laughs> Not usually, No. no. And the electronic phenomena that that, uh, she experienced, that is such a common thread throughout these stories, is how ghosts or paranormal entities can manipulate the electricity. We've had some weird things happen that could be attributed to paranormal activity uh, that were electronic-based as well. Royce has a story that is 100% human ghosts not electrical ghosts. This is the story of the Thigh Murder House. Very true story. So back in the 1970s, late 1970s, there were two couples, the Brunos and the Haynes. The Brunos and the Haynes hung out one night, uh, drinking, smoking pot, and it turned into a sex orgy. Well, the Brunos husband and the other couple ended up stabbing the wife of the Brunos Her name is Pamela Lee Bruno, and they ended up hanging her up in the bathroom, gutting her, letting her bleed out in the bathtub, and then dismembering her body, putting them in plastic bags, and dispersing them all over Eugene, Oregon. So me and my friends, uh, back in 2004, 2005, decided that we wanted to go investigate. Found the house. It was being used at that time as an appliance store, like storage space. The store was right next door, literally. So we went there one day, and this was in the daytime, and we jumped the fence. We were looking into the kitchen of this house. My buddies happened to say, oh, 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 you know, there's something moving around in there. Me, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, whatever, okay. There's a fence right next to a window uh, towards the front of the house that you had to get over to get to the sidewalk to the main street to leave. And uh, my buddy, Danny, he was jumping over the fence and there was a window right where the fence is on the side of the house. And he was peering into this window and I was standing on the ground in the backyard as he was up on the fence. And all of a sudden, an earth shattering woman scream came screaming out of this window. And I kid you not, I turned ghost white. He jumped over the bow, fell off the fence. I have never gotten faster over a fence in my life. Anyways, I had another buddy standing on the other side of the fence towards the front of the house. Um, And he was pointing to the back of the house. What, 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 what are you pointing at? And so there was this old, older fellow, long gray hair, kind of shriveled up, hunched over, uh, violently shaking and twisting his head, like jerking it, looking at us, looking at the ground. He looked back at us, looked back at the ground. And then we all just kind of looked at each other and said, leg it, you know, let's get the hell out of here. We are out. And so uh, that was it. Uh, the thigh murder house. I think we, I believe we went back a few more times, but nothing in particular really happened. But anyways, thank you guys so much. I love what you do. You guys are awesome. Uh, and happy Halloween. Thank you guys. Bye. Well, my first thought in hearing that is, wow, 
Royce, you've got a great voice. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> well done, my good man. You told that story well. That's terrifying. And the thing is, I think if most women found a man peering into their window, they would scream. Sure. The creeper long-haired dude on the side of the house, though, with the weird unnatural movements, that's a little less explainable. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. Hey, Captain Jethro and freaks out there. Happy Halloween. Kat here. I work at night shift for a big hotel in a small town, and this hotel is pretty much new. I mean, it was built in the 70s, but it is 
hella haunted. And we would do for night shift arrivals inspections for the next day to make sure that the rooms are ready for arriving guests. And, you know, you check everything from is the bed made, is the bathroom clean and all of that. So, as you know, it's the middle of the night, everybody's asleep, it's quiet, and you're all alone, and you're going room to room. And I get to room 172, and I will never forget this. I start checking the room, everything is as it should be, and then suddenly, the radio turns on. And so, I get goosebumps, and I... (laughs) It took all my power not to run out of that room in that moment. And so I went to, after I do my arrivals inspection, I go to my super supervisor and I tell him, you know, the radio turned on and we went to 172 to check because he says, you know, maybe it's the alarm and, you know, a guest might have forgot, said it and left and might have forgotten. When we get there, the radio's off, but it is also unplugged. So there you go. <laughs> How could it have turned on if it was unplugged? And the other things about the hotel is that there are rooms that have a particular smell that no matter how much they clean it, steam clean, whatever, the smell lingers. Like there's a certain room that smells of a guy's aftershave, like a man's aftershave. And it just lingers in the air and we don't understand why or how. Another room, it's a non-smoking hotel, but cigar smoke. It, it permeates that room. And, it, and it's not even c- cigarettes because a lot of the guests who are smokers smoke cigarettes. Nobody smokes cigars and that room smells like cigar smoke. That was the freakiest thing that ever happened to me on the night shift working at that hotel. Well, there's another example of uh, ghosts manipulating electronics. When I die, if if I'm still hanging around and I'm able to manipulate uh, the radio, mm-hmm. uh, this is what I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you'll know it's me. Absolutely. Yeah. Not all of our stories today, though, are ghost stories. Hi, Kat and Jethro. It's your super fan, Vicky from New York City, wanting to share my time slip story with you. This is something that happened to me when I was nine years old, uh, when my family moved back from Hawaii to Maine, where we had stayed for a year. Um, I was developing terrible allergies, and we stayed with my grandmother for the summer before we moved back to Holton, Maine. So um, what happened was um, the terrible allergies, you know, made me um, actually really sick. Um, I had terrible headaches. I couldn't stand up for very long, and I would I would actually faint sometimes. Um, and they were just blinding, blinding sinus headaches. And so the doctor, they took me to an allergist. My parents took me to a doctor, and they basically said, she's got to stay in bed all summer. Um, here's some drugs, and uh, make her sleep all summer long. <laughs> I still can't believe that's what the doctor said, but um, that was a long time ago now. 
So um, that was the advice that we got. I felt like I was, I wouldn't have known this, of course, at the time, but I kind of felt like it was a Victorian, you know, kind of situation where um, I could not arise from my bed. So um, my 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 family got a chance to uh, hang out and have fun on the beaches of beautiful coastal Maine, and I had to stay upstairs uh, in a, in a bedroom all by myself. So one day I woke up and I felt better. I felt a lot better. I got up and I walked down through the house. Nobody was there, but I wasn't wasn't expecting to see anyone anyway because, of course, they're all at the beach. They're having a great time. So I happened to walk out of this great big old farmhouse that was my grandparents that they lived in at the time. And I walked through the barn and saw my grandmother at the edge of the barn with the back barn door open. And I had never seen the back barn door open before. Obviously, it was open because, you know, that's the sort of thing that hay was forked out of, you know, for animals in the back. Um, and so I saw her. She was standing at the edge of um, of this area, you know, uh, looking out, and she had a T-bone steak in her hand. And so I went up to her and I said, Grammy, what are you doing? And she had this T-bone steak. And she said, I'm feeding Rex. And I said, what? I said, there's a dog back here? And there was a beautiful dog. He was a mix. He was um, uh, mostly, I believe, German Shepherd. And uh, he was actually on a rope uh, in the back. And I immediately felt anger because why was there a beautiful dog back there that I never got a chance to play with as a kid? I was really befuddled. And my grandmother was throwing a steak. Why is she throwing a steak? Why isn't she feeding this animal like canned dog food like anybody else would? So I didn't really know what was going on. And I watched her kind of like feed and talk to Rex for a minute. And I was a little fed up. And so I decided to just go back. And I said, I'm going back to bed. Not really realizing at the time that I had felt really good and not sick at all. So I have to flash forward to 2008, a really long time after this. And I had forgotten this incident entirely, you know, and then all of a sudden it was a family reunion, the last family reunion actually that my dad was at because my dad passed away a year later uh, in 2009. But in 2008, there was a family reunion and my dad and his brother were sitting and talking and just enjoying a drink like they always did, uh, whiskey, I think. And I, I all of a sudden remembered and I said, hey, I said, Dad and Uncle Rolly, why weren't we kids allowed to play with the dog, you know, that Grammy had? And they looked at each other and they said, what do you mean? What what dog? And I told him about the incident and I said, and his name was Rex. And I described the dog to them. I described the incident and they looked at each other with shock in almost kind of like went white. And my father said, well, I did have a dog named Rex, but he died in the 1950s. And so that's my time slip story, because I don't think I could figure out what this could have been unless it was some kind of time slip. Whether I had a dream or whether it was real, I thought that it was a real incident for obviously many years. And uh, so that's my story. I hope you guys are well and uh, take care. I hope you can share it. Bye. Now, you may have noticed that uh, Vicky mentioned growing up in Holton, Maine. Yeah. And for those of you who are longtime listeners of the Box of Oddities, you've heard me mention that I grew up 
in Holton, Maine, too. And we actually went to high school together. She's now uh, like a renowned jazz vocalist in New York City and uh, in uh, San Francisco. And she was kind enough to share this story with us. And I remember I ran into Vicky at the airport a couple of years ago. And she told me this uh, yeah. this story. It's uh, that's pretty creepy. I love a good time slip story. And we talked about electronics and how often there is allegedly supernatural interference with electronics. And people use that to their advantage with EVP. Right. Like Sydney did. So I think it's time that I tell you about my spooky story. Uh, back in 2011... My boyfriend at the time and I decided to go ghost hunting on Halloween night. And we went to a building called the Mayo Mansion that is based in Painesville, Kentucky. And uh, it is actually now a Catholic school called Our Lady of the Mountains. So on Halloween night, we apparently had no friends and had nothing to do but go ghost hunting and we decided to go to the mayo mansion because it is one of the oldest buildings in the area and was walking around i was holding my phone out recording um for the audio and was just asking questions um it was just him and i um nothing weird or strange or unusual had happened and In the recording that I will attach to this, you can hear me talking, and my boyfriend at the time was talking as well, and he had asked a question, had said something, and you hear something, and in the recording, you hear me react to it. Suddenly, music sometimes plays from the front rooms. Mr. Mayo, were you a musician? Yeah. Or did you just enjoy the fine art? <laughs> oh, you scared me. Was that you? What? That music. That was you! You didn't hear that? No. The <laughs> whatever. That had to have been you. He didn't hear it but it sounded like it was right in my ear. Now, it wasn't necessarily any words, but it was like a a humming, and we were talking about music, um, which you'll be able to hear in the recording, and I was the only one that heard it, and he didn't know what I was talking about, and you hear me kind of freak out a little bit in the recording, and... The weird part is I was the only girl there. And as we're leaving, um, we're walking back to the car. But while I'm talking, you hear this voice make the same kind of humming noise again. And it's a female voice. You just sing for us? Why don't you sing for me again? All right, we're leaving. But it's while I'm talking, actively talking, I didn't hear that at the time. And we didn't notice that, like, we didn't know that we had caught anything until we had re-listened to the audio back in the car. 
it was really cool. It's the only time that I've been able to actually capture anything that my skeptical brain can't debunk. Um, so maybe it's a ghost. I don't know. It was weird. It was on Halloween night. So the veil's the thinnest or whatever they say. And um, I'll let you listen to it for yourself and see what you think. And I thought it was a really cool kind of experience that I can actually back up with recording. Thank you guys so much. Um, you make the days more brighter. And thank you for everything you do. Well, there you go. I don't know how much more clear that, that could be. I mean, what, what would have to happen for you to believe that? A ghost would have to show up with a trombone and just play a trombone in front of you? Would, would that... Would that convince you, Katrina Walls? You know, I I tried playing trombone in middle school. It's really hard. It really is. Even for someone with like a full body. Yeah. I uh, I took trombone lessons. Well, I took trombone lesson. Isn't it weird that we both took trombone lessons? I just took one though and yeah, left. It. Yeah. It gave me a headache. I do appreciate the music that a trombone can make, and I would really love to see a ghost play one. Graveside greetings, boos and ghouls. This is Ducky, and I'll be your horrific host for this Halloween hoodenanny. I have a deadly dose of a terrible tale to echo eternally down the haunted hallways for you, phantasmagorical freaks. I call this dire dirge, all the world is a grave. I grew up in the small town of Aberdeen, Washington. A year out of high school, I met up with one of my fellow drama classmates. They were putting on a production of their own making at the Driftwood Playhouse in town. Fast forward a few months, and the show was in our shadows. We had quite the time, but no pun intended. With all of that drama behind us, we were looking to relax. Night was upon us, and yet sleep was very far away. Our merry troop decided to head to one of two local graveyards, as a bunch of spooky drama kids will do. A short walk took us through the unlit woods and into a solemn cemetery. The further into the silence we went, the less I felt we should be there. And then I felt something else. Shivers racked me head to toe. I stopped. I asked if anyone else had felt what I had felt. No one had but they looked at me with care and concern. I took another step and then no more. My mind was suddenly filled with a piercing voice which cried, you don't belong here. You have to go. You have to go. One look told me that no one else had heard these haunting words. I pleaded with my curious colleagues. We have to leave. We have to leave now, now, now. From my trembling tone, they took my advice and ran. We took off down the winding walkways, closing in on the cemetery gates, hoping to outrun whatever shadow had sent me screaming. I saw the last of my frightened friends cross the threshold back into the world of the living, and that is when it happened. That is when all doubt left my muddled mind. That is when I was seized about the shoulders by an unseen spirit, lifted inches off the ground, and unceremoniously strewn across the exit. My friends were in front of me. Nobody was behind me. Nobody we could see. Worried and weary, my companions picked me up out of the dirt. 
they held on to my shaking body. We looked back into the dark and slowly walked away. Why didn't we run, you ask? I'll tell you what I told them. We aren't in the graveyard. We aren't where we don't belong. Holy shit, Ducky, you're a good writer. <laughs> that was beautifully told. I got goosebumps. That's frightening. You know what it reminded me of was Phantasm. Yeah. Boy. Boy. <laughs> I just watched that the other night. I couldn't sleep. I woke up at two in the morning and I put on Phantasm. It's like comfort food. I, I love that movie. Yes, nothing puts a tired JG to bed faster than Angus Scrim. <laughs> what a great name. <laughs> the actor who played the tall man, Angus Scrim. Chantal has this story for us. Hi, JG. Hi, Kat. Last time I sent in a story about how I went to a convent school where the caretaker called his dog Satan and the nuns called it Satin with them. Um, Hilarious results, obviously. Now, this, well, I don't know how much you'll like it. It's not um, resolved in any way, but it is a little bit scary. So when I was at this school, at the weekends, we were allowed to watch television. And because it was a long time ago, there was only one television. And it was in our fourth year classroom, which was in a kind of spur of the building by itself. And at the end of dinner, um, a couple of girls would be sent to go and rearrange all the chairs so that everyone could sit down and watch television for an hour or so. And um, one time I'd finished my dinner before the other girls, so I was sent off and I went down to this classroom. And the third year classroom, which was next to it, had these kind of louvered windows, but they were very high up if you were the age I was then, which was probably 10. And so I couldn't see in. And when I'd gone into the, beyond that, into the fourth year classroom, I haven't switched the light on yet. And when I was just standing there about to turn the light on, I could hear movement in the third year classroom. It appeared to be going diagonally across where the French windows were, which would have been locked to the door of the third year classroom, which was between me and the rest of the school. And you have to bear in mind that absolutely everybody would be accounted for at this time, and there'd be no reason for anyone to be in there. I could hear something lightly banging into the sides of um, wooden desks and so forth, but I couldn't actually see anything. While I was standing there trying to decide what to do, my friend Geraldine, who'd been paired with me, came running down the corridor because she'd now finished dinner. And she said, you're okay, you look like you've seen a ghost. And I just sort of laughed. And then we had the lights on and we got the room ready and that was the end of that. Anyway, a little while on from this, my best friend's younger sister, who would have been about eight, and a friend of hers went into that same third year classroom to retrieve some stuff after dark. And apparently they saw a small, evil-looking presence which laughed at them and was obviously not recognisably anyone they knew, and so they noted it out of their screaming, as you probably would. Um, subsequent to that, we were never allowed to go into that part of the building at all after dark. And that makes me think that the nuns knew something that we didn't. Anyway, um, 
sorry it hasn't got a more exciting resolution, but there you go. It's quite scary enough for us at the time. You know, if it was just the kids' stories, I'd be like, well, kids have wild imaginations. But the nuns not letting them in that part of the building anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a big flashing warning sign. Right. Yeah. Usually when I have seen something small and evil in a classroom, it's just been a poorly behaved toddler. Mm. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science and you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Jackie and her friend and their kids had a pretty interesting experience. The year's 2015, the night of Halloween. I'm with a girlfriend, her three kids, my two kids. We hit Norman, Oklahoma first, fancy neighborhood for some trick-or-treating. There was a guy out there in a really rad costume. as a Grim Reaper, but he is up on stilts. So I whip out my phone and start taking pictures. But of course, 2015 phones, quality was shit. It's like I didn't even pick up his glowing eyes, but either way. We're making our way to her home on Highway 7 in Hennypin, Oklahoma. And I see on my peripheral that she starts looking up out of the windshield as she's driving. I didn't think anything of it, but she turns to me and she's like, holy shit, did you see that? And I'm like, did I see what? And I turn and look out the passenger window like I'm going to see Bigfoot or something hitchhiking, but she's clearly looking up. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, she's like, it was a ball. Did you see it? I'm like, I did not see anything. Turn around. I've got to see this. So she whips around and sure enough, like dead center with the highway is a ball glowing. Lady math, 
stack two telephone poles on top of each other, just a tick lower than what that would be. And she pulls up to it, and I mean she pulls up to it, like, almost under it. We have to lean forward to view up out the windshield to get a look at this thing. And there is a orb that's on fire inside. I'd say, again, lady math, the size of a basketball. Completely stationary. No movement whatsoever. We have our windows cracked. There's no sound emitting from this thing. And to make sure that I'm seeing what I've seen, I start speaking to her uh, for feedback. I'm like, okay, there is a ball still in the, in the air. She said, yes. I said, it's on fire? Yes. I said, it's not moving. No, not moving. And so we just stare at it. Well, I go to grab my door because I'm thinking I want to step out of the vehicle and get a look at this thing. And right when I reach for the door, I'm like, no, stupid, don't do that. You've seen the movies. You do not get out of this vehicle. So then I go to grab my phone. Well, again, no, stupid. You already know you're not going to capture this thing. So I just continue to stare. And I don't know how long we have sitting there. It seemed like forever, but probably really wasn't. Then the thing starts moving. So again, I'm looking to her for feedback. I said, it's moving now. Yes. It's going really slow. Yes. And then, boom, it blasts off. No sound. It leaps so fast that we lose sight of it in no time. So again, feedback off of her. I said, it's gone now? She's like, correct. I'm like, you don't see it anymore. She's like, no, I don't. So we get turned around, go and drop off her crotch goblins, up, wait, back up. So... Two of her three were asleep during this, and my two were awake, so I start chattering at them to see if they had seen it. All three of those children had seen it. So we got three witnesses of the child variety, and then her and I being adults who seen the, this thing. So we get her crotch goblins dropped off. We're going down the highway in complete silence, making our way to my home. And I say, I break the silence and I say, I'm not saying that was aliens, but that was definitely a UFO because I can't identify what we just saw. If there was aliens inside, I hope they're okay because that bitch was on fire. A weird glowing ball. That's weird. We were just talking about Phantasm. It's a good thing she didn't get out of the car. It would have drilled right into her forehead. Absolutely. It's probably Swamp Cass. I don't know. That sounds like there was some sort of intelligence behind it. And let's face it, swamp gas is not intelligent. Rude. You might recall Beth, who submitted a story in episode one. She also submitted a story for her daughter. This is my daughter Alice's story. When she was about four or five years old, she was sitting in our living room watching TV and she had wondered where I was. So she went upstairs to my bedroom and she looked in the doorway and she saw me standing in the middle of my bedroom. My back was turned to her and I was wearing a black long sleeve shirt, black pants, and my hair was down. She didn't say anything, uh, but was, you know, fine seeing that I was there. So she went back downstairs and sat on the couch and was watching TV. A few minutes after that, I come walking through our front door wearing hot pink running shorts and a white t-shirt and my hair was piled up on top of my head in a bun. She looks at me and she's concerned. 
she asked me, were you just upstairs in the bedroom? And I said, no. I said I had been outside for about 10, 15 minutes just getting some things done. She asked, did you just change all of your clothes? And I said, no. And she was like, well, I just saw you upstairs and you were wearing all black. And I said, well, that wasn't me. So I don't really know what she saw, but apparently it was my doppelganger. And it still creeps me out to this day. Was that Mr. Rogers music in the background? What? No. (laughs) I refuse to acknowledge that question uh, for fear of copyright infringement. (laughs) That was fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating story. I bet it was creepier for Beth than it was for Alice. It's always creepy when a child tells you something like that anyway. I love the story that someone told us once of a kid telling their mom that the people in the wall didn't like her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would uh, be on the phone to U-Haul, I think, (laughs) right about then. Our next story is from Steph. I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for about 13 years, but uh, I worked night shift in the emergency room for 17 years in various roles. The last five years that I worked there, though, I was in charge on nights, and I had spent a lot of time alone in different parts of the hospital where things were closed down at night to check on things. So I had a lot of little weird incidents happen. My mom also works at the hospital. She worked in housekeeping, and I would make her go with me to check things so I wouldn't be alone because it was a lot of creepy, creepy situations, and I just hated being alone, like phantom monitors going off and hearing my name called and just lots of little doors banging, scratching at doors, lots of little things. I hated doing it alone, but... My mom also works at the hospital, so she was actually witness to this event that I'm about to tell you about. So this one, I actually wasn't alone. I was at the nurse's station with five other people. We were just sitting there talking, not really anything eventful going on. It was an area of the department that was closed down for the night, but it was kind of an overflow area. So we had people there that um, were just staying in the hospital overnight, waiting for rooms upstairs. So there wasn't many people so it was, still, it was pretty quiet, and we're sitting there just kind of chatting. And our rooms, a little backstory on our rooms, they have these big, heavy glass doors. They slide, and it takes a lot of effort to slide those doors. Like, you can't just easily slide it. They don't slide on their own. The wind isn't going to push it open, nothing like that. Behind those glass doors are curtains to provide privacy. So we're sitting there at the nurse's station. We're talking. My mom is on this area cleaning the the side we were on. And the door to one of the rooms flings open, like flings hard, bangs open. And we're like, what? And two of the girls run away. They're like, oh, no, they run away. And my mom comes by with her little housekeeping cart and says, "Um, somebody might want to go in there and check that the patient just didn't get up and leave. Um, Kind of being sarcastic, like maybe they took leave and walked out the door as a ghost and we didn't see it and so we the curtain didn't move the door just flung open there wasn't any way that the patient had got up and opened the door there was no visitors in the room patient was alone so I got up the courage to go in the room to check on things and check on the patient and the patient was in there sleeping peacefully um, but the monitor was going off 
we didn't hear it out at the nurse's station, which sometimes that would happen. You kind of get used to the beeping alarms and maybe you didn't recognize it, but normally you would recognize it um, when it was a kind of a quiet night. But this night that we didn't hear the alarm at the nurse's station, but I go in the room and the alarm is beeping like flashing, but it's not making an audible noise. And it says the patient's oxygen level is very low, low enough that if it had continued to be that way, it would have been dangerous for the patient. And their oxygen was out of their nose and they were just sleeping. So I put the oxygen back in the nose and say to the patient, are you okay? Everything okay? And they're, yeah, they're good. And I leave the room and, um, you know, come back out and we were just talking about it and we said, you know, maybe it was someone like letting us know, like, Hey, go check on that patient. Like they weren't doing okay. So, um, I, that was, it was kind of validating to me that other people had witnessed this situation. Cause I had had so many experiences, especially in this side of this emergency room, specifically one of the rooms, there was about two rooms down where I had lots of situations, lots of scary things happen. Hated being down there by myself that maybe there was someone hanging around that was protecting the patients, helping us do our job, I guess. So very creepy situation, definitely witnessed by multiple people. And I just thought I would share with you guys. So thank you for everything you do. I love listening to your podcast. It gets me to and from work in my hour drive. I just, I love what you guys do. So happy Halloween. I am fascinated by stories of haunted hospitals mm. and old medical facilities, uh, insane well, asylums, a- anything like that. Yeah, well, if anything was going to be haunted, it would be one of those things. Well, you would think all of the different people who have passed over in that area that there definitely has to be some agitated energy there. And for a person like like that who who is there regularly, how could you not start seeing or feeling or experiencing these these types of phenomena. Amy's got a story for us. Three years ago, we brought our new to us house. It was an estate sale from a lovely elderly couple whom died within a few months of each other. The home had been vacant for nine months when we purchased it. And since it was in the country and backed up to a large plot of woods, it was quite a task to take it back from spiders and the weeds that had grown freely while it was empty. Other than deep cleaning and moving our stuff in, we hadn't been focused on the inside until our holiday vacation. I mentioned earlier the previous owners were elderly, and honestly, the only reason I can come up with for the paint choices in the house is they must have had severe cataracts. Our beautiful kitchen with tons of white cabinets had highlighter yellow walls. And honestly, it hurt my brain to look at it. After three months, I had had enough brain pain and decided to tackle the kitchen walls while on vacation. We picked a calming pale blue gray and got to work. My husband did the taping and trimming while I followed him with the roller and our 14 and 17 year old kids helped when needed. As I rolled over the offending color, I could feel my brain relaxing and was excited to be more comfortable in our new home. The last part I had to roll was above the cabinets. We have nine foot ceilings and with the lower cabinets in the way, the only real way to paint this space was to stand on the countertops and be careful not to fall off. Yes, yes, I know. Super stupid, but at least I didn't turn into a shallow end contestant. This is where the story gets good. My 17-year-old daughter was assisting me by holding the paint pan so I could reload without bending over or getting up and down. 
So here I am minding my own business, rolling away, facing the wall, while she's standing off to the side about four feet behind me, texting on her phone in between assisting me. I all of a sudden feel the distinct pressure of a hand on my hip and butt, much like someone steadying me as I shuffle to the side while working my way down the wall. I asked my daughter why she's doing that and she responded, doing what? I craned my neck around only to see her still standing in the same spot with one hand on the counter and the other holding her phone. The pressure was still there, so I rubbed the spot with my hand and thought, that's weird, and thought I must be breathing in too many paint fumes. I shrugged it off and turned around and got to painting again and almost immediately felt the pressure on my butt and hip again. I stopped rolling again and without turning around this time, I asked my daughter, you're not touching my butt, are you? I could almost hear her rolling her eyes when she said no, and then she said, why? I told her it felt like someone was steadying me with her hand, and she reminded me that she is five feet tall and over four feet away, so it is not possible that it was her. We both stood there for a minute and almost at the same time whispered, it's gotta be a ghost. I had an overwhelming warmth come over me, and I took that as a sign that we were right. In my head, I got an impression that it was the previous owner making sure that I didn't fall. I feel like if they didn't like that what we were doing, they wouldn't have made sure I was safe standing so far in the air. Since then, a few strange things have happened, but nothing quite as obvious as a ghost touching my butt. We don't think the couple passed away in the house, but their spirits clearly visit from time to time to check up on their lovingly built house we are so lucky to be living in. <laughs> a ghost touched her butt. <laughs> butt touching ghosts. Butt toucher. But cheeky monkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the ghost seemed concerned for her well-being. Yeah, that's the kind of ghost I want around. Yeah, Thank somebody you. that's going to assist me in painting above the cabinets. Absolutely. I wish we had a ghost around here who would do some housework. Yeah, me too. Well, this has been so much fun. If I were to name my five favorite entries of all time, several of them would be from this year. Great stuff, you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of our show and a part of our freak family. And if you're new to the Box of Oddities, uh, we would appreciate it if you'd hang around and uh, check out the the normal, reg- well, I don't know normal they are, but the regular shows. <laughs> Just subscribe and uh, give us a positive review. If you would be so kind, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly, a beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you. To provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? 
Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.